What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my 56th podcast episode. Hopefully, it won't be my last. And we don't have her for long, so I'm going to get right to it. On the line right now, her show is back for season number two this week on NBC. It's the Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge. You may also know her from NBC7 in San Diego, from Telemundo in San Diego. Or if you're listening from South Florida, you might have seen her on TV there. Without further ado, the one, the only, my girl on the other coast, MJ Acosta. What's up? (laughs) What's up, Mike? Man, with an intro like that, I really hope I don't disappoint you. Well, Good that's on you because I've done everything <laughs> I had to do. So now you got to make sure you deliver the goods. That's all I'm saying. Good. Ooh, setting the bar. All no, right. You've done so much great stuff, and I want to talk to you about a lot of it. And like I said, we don't have much time with you, so I want to get right to it. The way we do this show, though, I start every week, same question, no matter the guest. I want to know what's the best thing, MJ, that's happened to you in your life, professional, personal, whatever, in the last week. Ooh, in the last week, um, first thing that comes off the top of my head is finding out my youngest sister is actually making the transition to the left coast, the West Coast. Um, so I'll have both my siblings um, from the United States, because I have another one in Dominican Republic, um, real close to me. So, you know, we're, we're moving the clan. The Acostas are trying to take over um, Southern California. So that's probably the, the biggest and most exciting news for me this week. Oh, that is so awesome. Congrats to, to the family. That's great. Now, I know when I moved to San Diego last year, not having any family there was tough. So now getting the whole, uh, the whole migration for you guys over there, that's awesome. Congrats. Um, sweet. So good to know. But you also have good news coming up this week. As I said, I'm planning – I think this will drop on the day that Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge comes back on NBC You're back for season two. It's you. It's Apollo Ono. It's Nick Swisher, Kelvin Washington. Uh, People can find out about the show. They can look it up. But what's your individual role? What can we expect out of you uh, if you tune into NBC for this season, MJ? So the season is completely revamped. Um, I somehow convinced them to bring me back. (laughs) You're the only one from season one that came back, right? Season one, yes, that'll be be here for for season two as well and it's so insane you'll see me once again on the on the sidelines with the family and the friends that are cheering everybody on as well as at the start and finish line with the contestants so I'm I'm your girl for all of the emotion for all of the like kind of little tidbits and and good nuggets because I get to talk to everybody's mama everybody's dad and they're giving me juicy details about all of the contestants and how they got to this level of competition um, within the Spartan and obstacle course racing world. So some some things are very sweet. Others are a little spicy. Uh, it's really, really interesting to get to know people. You know, the best way to get to know somebody is talk to talk to a family member. They're going to tell you the truth real quick. They will uh, spill all those beans. Yeah. That's the people you want to get to. <laughs> So exactly. how'd, you, how'd you get this gig? Because it's, it's awesome. And also, how did you keep it from season one to season two? But how did you get involved with something like this? So I actually competed in several Spartan races just on my own as a fan um, of, the, of the racing series. I've been racing since actually in, uh, when they started back in 2012. Um, and I, I just loved it. I mean, it's really intense. And I mean, some of our competitors do like three races a weekend. Chill. I'm not that, <laughs> that hardcore. Um, but you got I a problem been, if you're doing that, yeah, in my I, mind. Not even a problem. I'm just not as badass as they are, to Ugh. be honest. Um, but that's kind of how it came about. And then when the show was being developed, my agent reached out to me because she said, "Hey, don't don't you race in these crazy 
things? And I said, um, absolutely. Why? Why do you inquire? And so I said, yeah, I need to be part of this. I absolutely need to be part of this. And, um, you know, I, I auditioned and I was lucky enough to be chosen. And here we are two seasons in and it, it's going to be insane. Everything is so nuts. It's almost like because we come on right after Ninja Warrior um, on NBC as well. And it's the same production company. So it's kind of a family. And I say that because the show this season sort of looks like if Spartan and Ninja Warrior had a baby. And um, now here it is. <laughs> I'm just picturing how that baby gets made. That's like a lot of weird physical oh, movements yes. in one. Intense. Things got intense. <laughs> So what's the time commitment like between – because obviously you're, you know, you're sportscasting for NBC7 in San Diego and you're doing Telemundo, which we'll get to in a second. But now you, like, do you just fly out for a month and film all these episodes? Are you back and forth a lot? What's, how do you balance something at the network level plus your, your day job? Yeah, make it work. Let me tell you, you move things around and you make it work mm. and you, you promise your boss uh, back home extra hours when you need to. <laughs> um, and, you know, it just kind of comes together. I've been really lucky with, um, you know, I had a lot of um, comp days from football season <laughs> last year, to be honest with you, because I was traveling so much. So I had a little bit stacked up there that worked in my advantage. But honestly, it was just kind of um, a real team effort to make sure that I had days available and switching things around. So props to my coworkers for kind of picking up the slack while I was gone too. And um, you figure it out. You, you're working as weird as it sounds, 28 hour days. I know that doesn't exist, but that's what it feels like um, most of the time. And, you know, traveling um, to, um, to the other coast because we do shoot at uh, Spartan in Atlanta, that's a little challenging, um, especially on the way back. And you don't know what day it is or what your name is at one point. Um, but, you know, it, it all came together and um, I was able to shoot everything. Man, good on you. Hustle breeds these kind of rewards and stuff. You got to put in that work, and it sounds like you're doing exactly that. I'm very jealous, too, because <laughs> Apollo Ono is my favorite Olympian of all time. Like, the Salt Lake Games in 2002, I was just hooked. So give me something, like, what's a fun fact about Apollo, you, you getting to hang out with him oh, on yeah. set, behind the scenes. Give me, give me something good, a juicy tidbit on him. Um, Apollo has the best hair I've ever seen. Uh, is it as good in real life as it looks it's on TV? So Good. And the annoying part is he says it only takes him like a second to do. Like Don't you hate minutes. those people? I was like, you're totally lying, but that's <laughs> fine because it looks really good. He, I, You know, I can't say enough about him. The man is a workhorse and you can see the Olympian in him because even if we're going through like um, a, a, a run through of the script or just kind of going through details, he's locked in 110%. So, yeah, you know, that, I guess that's the same work ethic that it takes to medal eight times at the Olympics. Yeah, um, no big but, deal. Just, you know, and revolutionizing a sport along the way in a short track. So that's awesome. Well, next time you see him, tell him I say hi. And if he ever wants to come on the show, it's an open invitation because he's my number one Olympian of all time. So just pass oh, that message okay. along. I got to make it happen. Yes. Do it. Sure. I'd love it. Um, all right. So that's a NBC Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge. I could talk about that for a whole hour, but uh, we don't have MJ for much time. So I want to get MJ to... To your quote-unquote day job. So you're doing sports uh, for NBC in San Diego. You just started doing Telemundo as well. Um, what's Is it the same job for both? Are you doing sports for both? What's the schedule like? What's that time commitment? Because it's not like you can just do the English broadcast for one and then they just repurpose that for something else. You're doing English and Spanish. Like, What's, what's your life like right now? It sounds insane. It is kind of insane. And the content for Telemundo is pretty different than what I would show on NBC. You know, my Tijuana audience may not necessarily uh, 
care too much perhaps about like the Stanley Cup finals, let's say, you know, it's a very regional, very cultural thing. And I have to be akin to that. Um, so I have to find the content that's relevant to each audience. And it is very different. So um, I'm going back from like Liga MX to, you know, NBA finals, and then running back to talk about the Club Tijuana Cholos and then, you know, find some Chargers video. So it's, it's a lot to balance. It really is creating a completely different brand. Um, and the, you know, I got to clone myself at some point because at 11 PM when we're on, both newscasts are on at the exact same time. So there's so, two MJs on TV at the same time, so essentially as possible. Within, within about, I have like 60 seconds to run from one studio to the next. Um, in between the two sports casts. Oh, so you so, do them both live. You just have to run from one to the other. I thought you maybe pre-taped one. Nope, no pre-taping, not yet. Although no I'm shit, that's starting, crazy. Starting to push that a little bit. So last night was one of like the second run through um, that we did. Um, so I have like three, I have like two IFBs and two microphones on um, <laughs> and trying to run back and forth in heels between both stu both studios uh, and producers like, now because I'm not in there yet. I mean, it's just but we will get it we that's wild it so give me uh, like a normal like a normal day i know some days are crazier than others and some are not so crazy if there's a lull in the sports calendar but right. like yesterday or today give me from when you wake up to when you get back home where are you when are you there what are you doing just run us through a day in your life well, um, first, yesterday I got paid to work out technically because I did go up to Irvine to shoot a story, but it was with some of our Spartan contestants and tying it into to the local market. So I was up there. They put me through a crazy um, circuit workout. So I got to check off my workout of the day while I was at work. Multitasking is key in all of this. There it friend. is. You get a two for one and you're good. Yeah, so we came back, I kind of, you know, cleaned up, showered up, and then went right back to the station and started producing and editing my Telemundo sportscast. I'm kind of a one-man band on that end, um, and I'm self-producing, editing, writing the entire Telemundo side, because um, there is no one else in, in, in the sports department who speaks Spanish over at NBC. Um, so I'm relying a little bit um, more on my NBC sports producers, who are awesome, shout out to them, and... Um, they're they're taking the bulk of the editing for the NBC side, but I still got to jump in there and write my scripts and put together the actual uh, rundown of the show for NBC as well. So it's kind of balancing back and forth in two languages. The day is going to come where I run onto NBC and I'm speaking Spanish. I mean, it's it's right. going to happen. Like, buenas noches, mi, mi familia, right. and it's going to be the wrong place. <laughs> it's just inevitable. It's, it's going to happen. But, um, you know, we get through the 5 and the 6 p.m. shows um, for me on both now um telemundo and, and nbc and then there's like a mini break for like two seconds and then i have to start on the 11 o'clock plus we got to throw in social media we have to throw in um web content as well um now in both languages so it is a lot it's non-stop until you know 11 32 when i walk out of the station so it's it's a lot oh, it's wild um I wanted to ask you one question too, but we'll get to that next because you just said something that actually caught my eye. So you talked about social media and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I follow you on Instagram, on Twitter. You're very active on it. You're very good at it. Uh, you, like, you and I were of a new generation and you're still trying to do this local news thing. And I don't know if it's different for Telemundo as well. But is it tough getting that digital social media aspect to get like, I don't know, the old guard maybe that's there to buy into all this fun stuff you can do on the side? Or has that been really easy for you to implement that into what you do? 
Uh, you know, there's certainly some filtering that you have to do because I do work for a news organization, so I represent them. But I will say this, at least in the NBC Telemundo sphere, they're very open to social media. They want you to be, they need you actually to be on Snapchat and Instagram and interacting with people. And I do, you know, station takeovers of the Instagram accounts all the time. Um, so it's it's actually been been good that it's part of the job, except that when it's part of the job, you don't want to do it sometimes um, with all the other tasks that you have to right. do. Right. When oh, Snapchat yeah. becomes work, it's not as fun anymore. It's not as fun. You know, I want to do my weird filters and and all that, <laughs> but it, it, it is absolutely part of everything that I do each day. So in that aspect, it hasn't been difficult because it's already there. Um, so at, at least that part of it is a little bit more seamless. Um, cause I'd probably be on, on my Instagram story anyway. So I just have to be mindful, um, to post things that are, you know, appropriate. <laughs> yeah. The name of the game, being appropriate when you're a public figure, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. <laughs> Not so yeah. yeah. Um, what made you want to get into this? Because, you know, we're sort of of the same age and to still do local news and particularly sports as that's kind of, you know, going away and people talk about how in the local newscasts, it's hard to get sports time. So what made you want to do that and what makes you continuing want to do it? Do you I mean, obviously you enjoy it, but mm-hmm. what's uh, what is it about where you are in taking this path as opposed to maybe trying to go for a regional sports network or something exclusively online? Why did you go the way you went? Um, You know, when I was in Miami, I was working for the ABC affiliate there, and it was probably one of the most crucial points in my life. I learned so much in that job, and I was doing everything. I mean, jack of all trades, hard news, entertainment, sports, uh, anchoring, traffic, you name it, I was doing it. But that is somewhat short-lived, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. So my background, my first on-air job was sports in Spanish, actually in Miami. So I really wanted to get back to that. And, um, I spoke to my agent and we started talking about possibilities and we did consider regional, um, jobs, you know, uh, but they have to a offer it to you and B, um, it has to be the right fit. So when you go around and, and you maybe see some things and you, you just kind of go with your gut, like, mm, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Then the NBC San Diego situation came up and it was timing. You know, um, Jim Laslovic, who is an institution in San Diego, um, is now semi-retired. And he kind of um, welcomed me with open arms when I stepped into that main sports anchor role, which was really tough as a woman. Um, you know, how do you fill the shoes of a, a former NFLer who's who's been at the station for 30 years? The answer is you don't. <laughs> right. You get, you, get, you get new shoes. <laughs> you don't. You get new shoes. That's exactly it. And so I've been trying to build my own brand and my own style of, of sports casting because the way I do it is completely different to how Last does it. But that doesn't make it wrong. Um, but it's, it's certainly been a challenge to to have people kind of accept that way. But, you know, all you can do is is put your head down and work hard and um, hope that it sticks. And I guess it has because now um, Telemundo has has um, taken me on board as well. So far, so good. Definitely. So far, so good. Um, all right. We're going to get to the last couple of segments of the show, MJ, because I know you got to go soon. But I couldn't let you go without being on the show without asking at least one cheerleading question about your time yeah. as a Dolphins cheerleader, which yeah. you did for how many seasons, by the way? This isn't the question, so... From 2012 and 2013, and oh, oh my gosh, it was the best time of my life. I'll tell you this. NFL cheerleaders are highly underpaid, and if there was an actual salary attached to it, I'd likely still be doing that because it makes everything that I love in my life 
sports, of course, football, which is my favorite sport. Hello, I had the best seat in the house for every game and um, and dancing. You know, I've been a dancer since I was nine years old, and that's actually what led me into broadcast as well. And being part of the Miami Dolphins organization was fantastic. They still reach out to me even now and support me. Um, actually, they're in the middle of auditions um, as we speak, so the girls I know are are training and working hard and freaking out and second-guessing themselves. Because um, I went through that. I auditioned five times before I made the team. Wow. Um, so tenacity, much like in broadcast, is is very much a big part of um, NFL cheerleading as well. you got to really want it and go after it. Uh, but, man, it was, it was some of the most difficult times because that stuff is hard. And, um, and you don't but, make any money. People don't understand that. It's like there's oh nothing man. there. It's not sustainable. Paid like less than 100 bucks a game, you know, and there's only eight games. So you certainly don't do it for the money. You do it for the love of it. And girls come out in droves every single year because they know what it means to be part of something that's special. And it's a very elite group of women. It's very hard to make it onto one of these teams and stay there. Um, so, you know, you do it. It's supposed to be trans. My 30s now. I don't know that I can keep up with the 18 um you know rookies probably couldn't i could barely do it when i was on there you know five years ago so that was it's interesting it's supposed to be dragon yeah, it's it's crazy, and you know, you're this is like, you're such a good journalist because you've seen this before. I didn't even have to ask a question; you gave me everything I needed anyway out of that segment without <laughs> me even having to ask a question. Good, good. I'm glad I could check off those boxes for you. Oh, so good. Uh, but speaking of that, one of the final segments I like to close the show with, it's called Turn the Tables, and I let the guest ask me any one question they want, if they want. You do this for a living, MJ, but uh, so I'm putting it right back on you. If you want to ask me anything, fire away. All right. Well, now I have like cheerleading stuck in my mind. So if you could audition for any NFL cheerleading squad, which one do you think you'd have the best shot at making? Um, I mean, I guess the Jets because they're the closest to me and the Giants don't have one, right? It's just like <laughs> yeah. process of yeah. elimination. Um, and I actually – I knew a former Jets cheerleader, so maybe she could get me in. And then with her and your recommendations, maybe I'd have the best shot at them. And I can drive there. It's like 20 minutes from my house. It's perfect. Oh, man. See, now we got to get you in touch with the Jets because I'd love to see you in one of their – their uniforms. Maybe they can tailor make one for you specifically, though. Yeah, it'd be great. I could be like the captain of the what do they call the the fly squad or something. Uh, it's perfect. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's perfect. I can do this. Did you play sports growing up? I'm assuming yes. Terribly, yeah. I mean, I stopped. Uh, I, I did little league till I was literally 10 years old, and I knew it wasn't going to work, so I stopped. And then I didn't play anything else competitively, just a lot of rec leagues and stuff like that. So no high school sports, nothing. I was in media early because I was a short, fat, slow kid, and I knew sports was not the ticket for me. So I got out of that quick. But No, listen, you found your niche. Right. The sooner you know where you got to be, what lane, the better. And I just figured, you know what? At 11 years old, this ain't going to work. So the, the hoop dream died very, very young. Um, all right, MJ, the last thing, though, that I finish every show with is the fun five. It's five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. So number one, besides you, because you can't compete in this, which San Diego uh, TV sports personality would win a Spartan race if you put them all in one together? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's a hard question. Sports. I'm going to say Nick Hardwick. Yeah. I he could, he Relatively could really... recently, you know, retired, still in shape. Yeah, he's, he's a good ah, guess. Really I think he could do it. Yeah. I mean, Randy Moss did it. So I think, you know, I, I think Nick could go. 
Yeah, and Nick isn't at his playing weight like back in the day. He slimmed down, right? so he's, he's more agile. He's able to go. All right, it's a good pick. Nick, it's on you, man. Um, yeah. Question number two, what's the favorite, your favorite sporting event that you've ever covered? Um, most recently, off the top of my head, World Baseball Classic. Woo, that was fun, especially because, you know, my team was there. It's Dominican Republic. So um, that was really cool. Yeah, I saw you having a blast with the crowd in the stands oh and dancing and, and hitting the drums and everything. It looked like a real good time. Always dancing. So good. <laughs> Number three, your favorite athlete of all time. Whoa. Favorite athlete of all time. Uh, Jason Taylor. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. Question number four. Someone, I won't say like past MJ, but say someone, a 21-year-old woman right now coming out of college, wants to get into this business, this career, wants to follow your footsteps. What's the biggest piece of advice you're giving her? Um, I won't say work hard because that's a given. I think we all know that. Be open to other opportunities that aren't on your quote-unquote plan. Sometimes we get so focused on what we have before us that we blind ourselves to bigger opportunities. You got to see the forest for the trees. So be willing to be flexible um, with the plan and, and, and just follow the course, man. Sounds good. And the last one, question number five. I think you let it slip earlier without even knowing it, but if you could only watch one sport for the rest of your life and the rest of them all disappeared, what would you pick? Football. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> Well, an addendum. What, what do you? What's it like there now? Uh, without without the Chargers in town, you've obviously been on the ground covering that. But give me as someone who's been there, just what what's that feeling like without them being around anymore? It's awkward, man. That's the 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 I guess the best word I can use to describe it right now. It's especially as a sportscaster because we're like, well, we still cover the team, obviously, because it's um, the NFL franchise closest to us now. Um, but also it's like, it's almost like you're walking on eggshells. Cause like people are still pretty pissed yeah. and people still want the coverage. So you can't ignore that, that viewership either. So it's really awkward. It, it really is. Especially when you still see some signage around town, it's like, Ooh, well, that's going to be weird. Um, so I don't know. I think it'll, it, it'll change a bit once the season actually starts, but that's still to be seen. So Yeah, have you guys even talked about that yet? Like as a station, how you're going to cover that once football season begins? Because it's not going to be the same, I'm sure, wall-to-wall coverage as previous yeah. seasons, or, or will it? I don't know. It certainly won't be the same. The tone will be a little different, so it won't be just Chargers, but we will certainly still cover the team and marquee games. But we'll also be including a lot more Raiders coverage and mm. Rams coverage too, because I think, to be fair, if we're going to cover an L.A. team, we sort of have to cover the other team there as well. And you can't deny how many Raiders fans there are in San Diego also. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting. We've actually got more teams now. So more work. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> as if you needed anything else on your plate. Um, awesome. MJ, plug whatever you want to plug. Where can people find you or your work or anything you want to send them to? Let them know. Well, certainly follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at MJ Acosta TV. Very easy to find me. Um, and of course, please tune in Monday, the premiere of Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge Season 2 on NBC. Starts at 10 p.m. right after American Ninja Warrior. The best. MJ, thank you so much for taking the time. As we've talked about, you have an insanely busy schedule. So to carve out some time for me, it means a lot. 
Oh, this is the highlight of my day already. Mike. Uh, well, it's only 11.30 for you, so you still have a long <laughs> way to go. We're recording this in your morning. Uh, and, guys, make sure to check out MikeJanella.com, where I'll have links to all of MJ's stuff where you can find her. Plus, you can have links to all the previous episodes of the podcast, and you can find out all about the good, amazing outro music you're hearing at this very moment. One more time, MJ, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, text Apollo. Tell him I say hi. All right, stay on the line. We'll wrap up real quick afterward. But for you guys, thank you so much for listening. And I'll try and do better next time. See ya.